What's up, aliens? It's Big Al. Welcome to another Dumb Sports Empire. Huge, huge college football weekend. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Let me talk about some other things, and then I'll recap all the big games. Um, we got the cap off right now. Louisville and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is destroying Louisville, but that's whatever. I didn't expect much of this game. Lane Kiffin was out. That was the only interesting thing was that Lane Kiffin got COVID, so he's not even coaching, but Ole Miss is still decimating Louisville, so... No need to worry about that. Let's talk about why Naomi Osaka can't stand to lose. Now we look at great athletes of our time. Look at Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant couldn't lose, but he would go back and work his ass off to get to where he needed to be, come back, and then he would win. Right? And that's the Michael Jordan mentality. All these guys do the same thing. Now we have Naomi Osaka, who... I feel like every time she loses, she takes a break from tennis. Like, she's pushing mental health and everything like that. It's like, maybe it's not mental health. Maybe you just can't... Maybe you're a sore loser. Maybe that's the the one thing is that you just can't lose. So, Naomi Osaka loses to some... I don't know, nobody. I only know, like, three women's tennis players. Um, She loses to some nobody. And then she says she's going to take another break from, from tennis. And it's like, at what point do we stop, like... Yes, I, I know the mental health thing. I know that's fine. I'm not saying mental health is not important. But at what point do we just realize that she's a sore loser and she needs a break every time she loses a match? Anytime she's not going to win a major or anytime she's not going to win a big tournament. She just needs, I mean, she just needs to go home and, and sulk and pout. You know, it's it's whatever. Maybe I'm being rough on her. I don't know. I know Naomi Osaka listens to this podcast, so I'm, I'm being really brutal with her, but it's okay. Just Naomi Osaka. I'm getting like tired of talking about it. Like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Just because I feel like she she keeps doing this to herself. I mean, next we're hopefully not going to get Simone Biles doing something like this. But I don't think there's any really gymnastics events that anyone really cares about until the next Olympics. But anyway, we had to talk about Naomi Osaka because it happened again. What, you know what else happened again? Max Verstappen winning another freaking F1 race at his home in Holland. I was going to say Dutchland. In Holland, the Orange Army comes out. Verstappen, just awesome. Awesome race. Kind of boring to watch, but awesome race by Verstappen. And then his teammate, Sergio Perez, um, pretty awesome race as well. He he started 16th, I think, and ended up getting 8th. So it was it was a hard track to, to overtake people. The track was, I mean, it's very narrow. There weren't very many places to, to overtake. And... Verstappen overtakes Lewis Hamilton to get first place. And Perez overtakes eight people to get eighth place, get some points. Um, more big news out of F1. Valtteri Bottas is leaving Mercedes to go to Alfa Romeo. And that's kind of big because Mercedes, you think Lewis Hamilton. Valtteri Bottas has been Lewis's partner for, I think, five years now. So they've won... or. This will be the fifth year. So they've won four straight Constructors' Cups together where Mercedes is just the best constructor. And, um, I mean, it's crazy because he's always been the guy that's been walked over. They've had him. If you watch the show Drive to Survive, you've seen them tell Valtteri to give up his position so Lewis can get ahead of him so they can get more points to Lewis, which is kind of messed up. But, I mean, that's the way of Formula One. You got one guy that can do it. I mean, why not? And it, that, there's a reason they've won. They've won seven championships in a row. 
All right, and Valtteri Bottas has been a good wingman. Now he's ready to be the guy, and that's pretty cool. I'm excited for him. He's definitely my favorite Mercedes driver. I can't stand Lewis Hamilton, so the fact that he's going to get a shot is pretty sweet. But F1, F1's very much alive. Max Verstappen overtakes Lewis on the points again. Hopefully this can be the year Lewis Hamilton gets dethroned. Fingers crossed. Not really much NFL news going on. This was kind of a weekend, a week of players being off. A couple people got COVID. Nothing really, like, too exciting. But the biggest thing that happened, the Raiders cut a guy on his birthday. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is, okay, so let's look at it. I'm looking at the tweets right now. 12 p.m. on 9-6. Is that today? Yeah, 9-6 today. Happy birthday, Tanner Muse. Tanner Muse is a linebacker for the Las Vegas Raiders. At 12 p.m. at lunchtime, they say happy birthday. Great. And then, 12 p.m. or 12 a.m.? It doesn't make sense. It says 12 p.m., but then it says at 10.46 a.m., they cut him. So they wished him happy birthday, and then probably proceeded to cut him right after. A bad situation where they weren't talking to the social media team. But they they deleted the tweet, too. What a bunch of jackasses. I can't believe the Raiders. This is wish this dude a happy birthday and cut him right after. Hopefully they bring him back to the practice squad. No, they tw- they tweeted him after happy birthday. They didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm reading into it as I'm as I'm podcasting. This is terrible radio, but um, so they cut him, and then an hour and fourteen minutes later, the social media team didn't get the memo, and they wished him a happy birthday. Fantastic! What a bunch of douchebags. This dude probably saw it, and he's like, "Did no one tell him that they freaking got rid of me? I got fired." That's messed up. Tanner Muse, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Tanner Muse, also a listener of this podcast. So, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's mad shitty. But that's the Raiders. No NFL news, really. That was that was pretty much it. That was the only thing that really stood out to me. Let's talk about college football. It happened all weekend. It was glorious. I loved it. We talked about Ohio State, Minnesota on Friday's show. Now, we'll kind of go through the the... Top 25. I don't need to go through everything, but we'll go through the top 25, and I'll show you what stood out to me. So you got Coastal Carolina beating Citadel, whatever. Utah beating Weber State. Oh, that's all from Thursday. My bad. Um, Friday's game. Friday's game was really interesting. The Virginia Tech-North Carolina game. Um, so I tuned into that. Obviously, it was the only game on So on Friday. I was really excited. Sam Howell is supposed to be the number one or number two quarterback taken in April's draft. Um, this coming up April in 2022, Sam Howell is supposed to be one of the top guys going into the NFL. Um, Virginia Tech, man, I said on, on Friday's show, I mean, Virginia Tech plays well. I was looking forward to watching this game because Virginia Tech plays well. And there's nothing that, I don't have proof that, I didn't look up the research, but I mean, I just feel like watching a Virginia Tech game, like, they give trouble to anyone they play. And they did exactly that. And they beat North Carolina 17-10. to And... North Carolina's ranked 10th, so they're going to drop a little bit. Virginia Tech wasn't ranked. Impressive win. Not the most impressive unranked win of the weekend, but impressive win. Get into Saturday morning, we got Oklahoma barely beating Tulane. Tulane, dude, first of all, this is kind of random, but the quarterback for Tulane follows me on Instagram. It's, like, super random. But then I see him, and 
I see him bawling out, and I was like, yeah, it's Michael Pratt. That dude follows me on Instagram. And like he's, I look at his followers or who he's following, and he's following like a few thousand people. So I don't know. At one point, he found me, and he just started following me. I mean, maybe he's the one that ends up blowing my podcast up. But that dude balled out. Michael Pratt, the quarterback for Tulane, he was tough. He was gritty. Um, they were down 30-something points, I believe. And then they come back, and they're within a score. They kick an onside kick. They get it. And Pratt comes up half a yard short, just one half yard short of a first down on a fourth and 13. It was long. On a fourth and 13, he takes it himself, breaks one or two tackles, and then dives for the first down and comes up just short. Oklahoma barely survives. Oklahoma shouldn't be ranked two after that. Tulane almost beat him. It was crazy. Then you got Penn State and Wisconsin. Number 19, Penn State beats beats Wisconsin. Number 12, Wisconsin, 16 to 0, or 16 to 10. I'm getting my numbers all wrong. Penn State takes uh, takes the dub. I mean, this is classic Big Ten. Big Ten, I feel like there's low-scoring games, unless it's Ohio State playing anyone, then they beat them 56 to 7 or whatever. But Penn State, Wisconsin, that's a classic low-scoring defensive run-the-ball game. Um, Penn State looked decent. Big one for them. Oregon, number 11, almost losing the unranked Fresno State. I hate Oregon. You know, I hate Oregon. Oregon is. Oregon fans are like the Seattle Seahawks fans from a few years ago. Oregon fans are like the the bandwagon Laker fans. Or the bandwagon. No, Golden State. That's a better analogy. Golden State. It was a few years ago. Let's call it like 10 years because they went to the championship in 11, I believe, or 10. Everyone in Southern California was dick riding Oregon because that was when they were doing the. Oh, we have. 8 jillion uniform combinations, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's all you got is uniform combinations. And then they come out with those YouTube videos where they show off their facilities and they have the the dimming lights where it dims the light to whatever the sunlight is outside so the player's eyes can get used to the light while they're in the locker room. And all these videos, all these all this crap comes out about Oregon. Oregon starts winning. Everyone starts dick riding Oregon in Southern California. And then all the recruits start leaving. Oregon sweeps up every recruit in Southern California the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Obviously, USC should be doing a better job to get these recruits, but Oregon has just been dominating the recruiting in Southern California. It's not even close, dude. It's it's insane. But they almost lose. Their quarterback doesn't look that great. Look out for that. They play Ohio State next weekend. That should be a, hopefully a good game. I mean, if they played like they did last week, then they're going to get decimated by Ohio State. Um, this is the big one. I watched this game thinking that Number 14, Miami, could give number one Alabama a run for their money. They absolutely could not. The announcer who was calling the game actually made fun of Bishop Bishop Sycamore, and he said, we were told that Miami had um, big-time recruits, big-time NFL recruits, and um, we found out they were lying and everything like that. He was doing the thing that the announcer did for Bishop Sycamore, and they said they had big-time D1 recruits. I mean, I was interested in this Alabama game, and I think a lot of people were for the same reason. Because they lost so many people. They lost their quarterback. They lost three receivers. A um, couple linemen. Running back. They lost like five, six guys in the first round on offense. And we all tuned in to see if they were going to be the same Alabama. If they were going to be the Alabama of old. Or if they were just going to start falling off. And they were going to have an off year. Like the Patriots using Tom Brady last year. We all tuned in to see if they were going to suck pretty much. But no, Bryce Young, they don't freaking 
rebound or rebuild, they reload. And Bryce Young looked awesome. Bryce Young, I'm mad because he was committed to USC for over a year. And then he ends up decommitting and committing to Alabama, which freaking sucks because he's awesome. So he played well. Alabama looks like Alabama. We are who they thought they were. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's nothing changes. It's it's business as usual for Alabama. I don't know who's going to compete with them. Based on the first week, I mean, I'd say Georgia's defense is probably the best to compete with Alabama right now. And they're saying this is one of the best defenses Nick Saban's ever had. I feel like they say that every year. It's insane. Their defense is so good. Their offense is really good. I mean, it's not even fair at this point. At what point do we put a salary cap in in college football to make it fair? I don't know. Alabama's the same old Alabama, in case you were wondering. Number eight, Cincinnati beats Ohio or Miami of Ohio pretty bad. Iowa and Indiana, I, I watched this game because I wanted to see if Iowa was going to suck because Indiana's been good as of recent. Last year, good quarterback. They had a USC transfer. Um, running back went over there. And, nope, Iowa's still good. 34-6 over 17-ranked Indiana. Kind of sucks. I don't want Iowa to be good. They look pretty good. Texas had a big win over Louisiana. Um 38 to 18. Texas looking good with a freshman quarterback. I was trying to see how Steve Sarkeesian's offense looked. Um, I thought it looked good. I I hope he succeeds, even though he screwed over USC. The freaking alcoholic man. Obviously, my Trojans win over San Jose State. It was only by 23 points. Should have killed him by more. Defense played really well. Um, big pick six. Corey Foreman, the number one recruit in the nation, was playing. He was looking solid on some things. So. Hopefully he gets more confidence and, and starts balling out so he makes a super big impact as a freshman. That'd be cool. Um, Florida big over FAU. Texas A&M big over F, uh, Kent State. All right. Let's talk about the, the big games. Georgia-Clemson. Clemson looked terrible. They looked like they could. They did, they scored three points. Obviously, their offense was terrible, but they couldn't do anything. Now this is the Clemson that has been an offensive juggernaut for a while. They had Taj Boyd, um, who was a <clears throat> decent dual quarterback. He had Sammy Watkins. He had freaking DeAndre Hopkins. He had all these studs at receiver. I think he had C.J. Spiller. That might have been before, but he had all these big dudes, and their offense was electric. Martavis Bryant, guys like that. Then he hands the reins over to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wins the national championship, obviously has obviously has success, um, plays really well, and their offense is really good for three years, however long it was. He hands the reins over to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence wins a national championship his freshman year. They're in the playoff every year, looking good. Their offense is really strong. And then he hands it over to DJ Uyangalale. And I'm rooting for this guy, like I said, because he's from Southern California. I'm rooting for all freaking 12 of these Southern California quarterbacks. That's an exaggeration. I don't know what the real number is. But I'm rooting for all these Southern California quarterbacks who are at these big-time programs who have opportunities to win Heismans and have opportunities to do all this different stuff, right? So I'm rooting for DJ Uyangalale. But I'm rooting for JT Daniels as well because JT, I mean, he went to Southern uh, USC. DJ was just from Southern California. But... 10 to 3. It was an intense game. If you like defense, it was an intense game. Georgia had seven sacks. I want to draft Georgia's freaking defense in, in fantasy football. Those guys were freaking studs, man. Nolan Smith was a top recruit from a few years ago. He's um 
he had a couple sacks dominating their D tackles, their outside linebackers. Dude, they Georgia's defense is insane. If there's gonna be anyone that's gonna compete with Alabama this year, it's Georgia. It'll be the same situation from a couple years ago where two SEC teams make it to the national championship. Hopefully Georgia finishes the deal this time, seals the deal, and actually beats Alabama. Doesn't let them come back and go to overtime, but fingers crossed that Georgia takes out Alabama. As long as someone beats Alabama, that's all I care about. Georgia defense looking strong. Offense needs to step up a little bit. Clemson's defense, I mean, to give up to 10 points to a Georgia team that's ranked fifth, Clemson's ranked third. I mean, that's what more can you ask for? To give up 10 points to the fifth ranked team in the nation, you got to offensively, you got to do better than that. You just have to. Then we got a big shocker. Montana, an FCS school, not even an FBS school. So they're like D1 AA. They're not D1. They're D1 AA. Montana beats Washington. Good. F Washington. F everyone in the Pac-12. I don't know if there's anyone I like in the Pac-12. I like Oregon State because they suck. I kind of like Stanford. I mean, I like the players that have gone to Stanford. I like their offense that they run. I loved Andrew Luck. I love Toby Gerhardt. But, I mean, Washington, F them. Good. Glad they lost an FCS school. <laughs> the absolutely huge, huge one, UCLA upsets LSU. 11-point win over the number 16th-ranked LSU Tigers. UCLA Bruins, unranked, win at home in the Rose Bowl. I don't even know what to say. First of all, the tight end for UCLA is an insane athlete. That dude, he long touchdown, juked a dude out of his shoes. It was impressive. As a USC fan, you have to say that UCLA beating LSU, who won the national championship two years ago, not even, so it wasn't this January, it was last January. That's only like 18 months ago. They won the national championship. That's insane. But congrats, UCLA. That was one of the biggest wins of recent. Um, hopefully you guys start sucking so USC can kick the shit out of you again. Or hopefully it's a good game. We'll see. And then a big one last night, Sunday night, had my fantasy football draft. We were watching this game. Notre Dame and Florida State was an awesome game. It goes to overtime. Um, Florida State comes back, takes it to overtime. And, oh, man, this is killer. So I don't even know how to describe it. So they were set up. They do overtime. They put up the 25-yard line. They had the opportunity to kick. Florida State had the opportunity to kick a, like, 50-yard field goal. And they snap it. He kicks it. And the guy nails it. But the Florida State coach had called a timeout. They're reviewing the play before because the quarterback, they said it was a fumble and he fell on it. But they started looking at it again, and it was a forward pass. So that made it incomplete. They moved the ball back up to the original line of scrimmage. Instead of losing eight or nine yards, he um he ends up, what's it, he ends up, getting the ball in the, I think it was a 38-yard field goal. They snap it, hold it, kick it. Dude shanked it. Went wide left. Notre Dame gets their opportunity. They don't do anything on offense, but they're still in field goal range. Their kicker nails it. Ends the game. What a heartbreaker. I feel like Florida State, even though they lost, I feel like they could be ranked almost this week. You look like a team like Washington that lost to an FCS school, or you look at teams from the top, maybe like Louisiana who lost to Texas. Um... Some of the schools at the top of the, the rankings, I feel like you could kick some of these schools out to get to Florida State. Florida State should have been ranked before. They should be ranked now. They took Notre Dame to overtime. Notre Dame is ranked number nine, and Florida State's unranked. 
So, big weekend college football. Big, big weekend. But you know what else is happening this week? We have Champa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys playing on Thursday night football. Real, real NFL football. It is so real. It is happening. Thursday is here. I mean, it's... I can almost taste it. I can almost taste NFL football. It is so close. I will preview the game. I don't want to... I'll probably be... I'll be podcasting Thursday night, so I can recap it for Friday's show. But I'm so excited for this game. And Dak, it, it looks like he's 100% back. Now, Zach Martin, the one of the best O-linemen for the Cowboys, tested positive for COVID, so he's going to be out for this game at least. If we can see the Cowboys offense of two years ago, or the Cowboys offense we saw before Dak's ankle snapped and Tony Roman called it a cramp, if we can see that offense, we have a game here. If we don't see that Cowboys offense, then we don't know the Cowboys defense isn't that great. They have a new DC in um, Dan Quinn from um, the Falcons and the glory days of Seattle Seahawks defense. Hopefully he can turn that defense around. At least to make this a game. I don't want the Cowboys to be good. I don't even want them to brag about this win. But I want Tampa Bay to not win. If that makes sense. I hate when people are like consistently good. Like The Chiefs aren't hateable yet. But the Buccaneers are hateable because Tom Brady has been doing it for so long. And he's got seven rings and everything like that. I don't want them to do it again. But it's hard when you bring back all 22 starters from your Super Bowl roster, I mean, you'd be an idiot not to bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, if you if you look at it, I mean, there's no reason for them not to win. The only reason would be injuries. Something happens. People figure them out. Drew Brees has gone from that division, so the Saints aren't probably not going to do it. The Panthers probably not going to do it. The Falcons for sure not going to do it. Then, I mean, who else do you got? You got Aaron Rodgers up there in Green Bay. He's got to be the one to do it. Maybe Kyler Murray in Arizona. Maybe Russell Wilson in Seattle. Maybe San Francisco, who should be healthy again this year. Move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's it's hard to see. The Cowboys aren't going to do it for sure. But we got to take down the champs. Someone has to. No repeats. There hasn't been a repeat in the NFL in 17 years. Tom Brady was the last one to do it with the Patriots. So hopefully that's when stuff gets boring. Like I said, Formula One, I mean, Lewis Hamilton's won seven straight championships. That would be absurd if someone in the NFL won seven straight championships. I don't know what I would have done in the freaking Celtics days when they were good. It was the 80s or 70s. They won like eight straight championships. They won 10 in like 11 or 12 years. Um, even like the Golden State Warriors were getting boring a few years ago. It's like, oh, well, you know, the Warriors are going to go to the, the finals. And it what was it three, four straight years. It was the Warriors versus the Cavs in the finals. I don't want that. I don't want football to be boring like that. And football has always been ultra competitive, and there's a salary cap when other leagues don't have a salary cap that makes things as competitive. So I wish for Tampa Bay to lose. I'm glad they won last year. That was cool seeing Tom Brady do it on his own without Belichick. Kind of know who won that breakup from there. But. I also don't want to give Cowboys fans reason to celebrate and reason to talk crap. So, um, I'm going to say Tampa Bay wins this game by like 10 points. They're going to be in control. They're never going to feel like 
oh, they have a chance to come back. I feel like they're just going to be in control the whole game. No matter what Dak does, I feel like he's going to lose by 10 points. All right. That's all I got, guys. Thanks for listening. Big college football weekend. We've got another big college football weekend coming up. And then we've got NFL Sunday. First one of the season. I'm excited. I'm in freaking six fantasy leagues this year, so hopefully I win one. I didn't win any last year. I was in five. And then got my football pool. I was in. I won that. I guess like 72% of my picks. You pick every NFL game every week. Over the course of the season, I pick 72%. So listen to my show. I'll do my picks on Friday. I'm picking. I'm officially picking Tampa Bay for Thursday night. I'll pick the rest of them on Friday. And I'll give you guys some winners. All right. So you can go do your gambling before Sunday. You can't gamble in California, so you have to drive to Vegas. Go do your gambling in Vegas. All right. Thanks, guys. Love always. And remember, Iowa sucks. <laughs>